Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. Presented by Cape and Cowell Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how goes? It's going good. It's a nice, beautiful day out in the city, in the Bay Area. Yeah. I'm just really happy right now that we're going to be talking about Ant-Man, so... <laughs> yes, we will. We will indeed. But first, we have to talk about Steve Ditko, mm-hmm. because the legendary comics creator Steve Ditko has passed away. So rest in peace to Mr. Ditko. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny... The last episode that you and I did was a Mm Spider-Man episode. So in a way, the timing was a little bit off um, because he passed away after we did that episode. But in a way, it's it's kind of nice that we were able to praise him and the Spider-Man character a lot before he passed, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And that's the way it should be, right? It shouldn't be like... Oh, only after these great creators pass away can we praise them. We should praise them all the time, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So praise him then and praise him now, right? Uh-huh. Um, yes, he was the co-creator of Spider-Man. He also co-created Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, right? yeah. And he's just a legend in the comics industry. Yeah, not just Marvel, but also like DC. He's done work there. Yeah he's not credited for you know right yeah people don't know him for much of anything other than spider-man uh-huh right and yeah just like what you said a lot of people don't really know his name um you know a lot of comic readers a lot of our marvel people were like who's this guy but yeah it's really ironic that everyone knows who stanley is mm-hmm. um but not enough people know who like steve ditko is or yeah like jack jack kirby or mm-hmm. all these other great artists yeah yeah before his passing ditko's passing i would say to the average person if you asked them who is the creator of spider-man almost everyone would say stan lee stan lee (laughs) right anyone who had an answer the answer would be stan lee Mm -hmm. almost like across the board right uh so credit where credit's due you know ditko was the co-creator and I would say, you know, it's it's an even split. Stan Lee and Steve Ditko are equally responsible for Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Right? Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's tricky with comic creator creations. I mean, that that's like an endless debate. Like, oh, who is more responsible for such and such character, right? And it can go back and forth all day, right? Um, in general, I think there's it's so collaborative that you have to sort of just say, okay, well, we have to say, you know, 50-50 credit. Yeah. You know, and it, but in this case, I, I think that's pretty valid because I think both Lee and Ditko did an equal amount of uh, creation for the Spider-Man character. Mm-hmm. From my understanding, you know, I think they should get equal credit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah? And like I said, that's kind of a general rule with comic creations um if for no other reason then well it's it's impossible to quantify it right Mm -hmm. so you kind of have to say okay well yeah 50 50 right (laughs) Um, but there's a lot of stuff you can point to like you look at the 
the dialogue uh, the dialogue in the original spider-man comics is like unquestionably stan lee you know mm-hmm. that's all him um but you know with ditko the the character designs the illustrations I mean, that is unquestionably Ditko. That was definitely his vision. Right? Yeah. And from my understanding, uh, the the Spider-Man costume was entirely Steve Ditko. So I know comics writers can be involved in the uh, character design process. But from, again, my understanding is that this was 100% Ditko. We're talking the web shooters, the red and the blue the webbing on the costume, all the iconic stuff, like, was entirely Ditko. And this is, like, hugely impactful. Like, who doesn't know what Spider-Man looks like? You know, (laughs) he's undeniably recognizable. And to say that Ditko is entirely responsible for that, that's huge. Like, this isn't just, like, in this country. This is worldwide and for for generations, Mm -hmm. you know. His impact was very very significant right exactly yeah yeah um uh, before we get off of ditko you know i did want to talk a little bit more about you know the his contributions to spider-man again he was hugely influential in comics in general with dr strange and with dc and everything um but just just to recognize like what he did with spider-man um you know, again, it, it's hard to quantify, like, who contributed more, who's more responsible for the success of Spider-Man, blah, blah, blah. You know, we can just keep it simple and say 50-50 Lee and Ditko. Um, but there are th- a few things, like, I wanted to point out specifically, right? And, you know, I, I mentioned the Stanley dialogue, like, th- that's, like, props to Stanley, of course. Um also props to Stanley is the Spider-Man characterization because one of the greatest things about Spider-Man is the character. I mean, he looks great and, you know, Ditko's designs are awesome, but it's the character that we all fell in love with, right? Mm-hmm. Is this is this young guy who's like dealing with shit that the normal everyday person has to deal with. You know, it was a new concept. Something relatable. Totally relatable. At that point, you know, superheroes tended to be larger, yeah, larger (laughs) than life images like Superman and that sort of thing, right? Um, This was a new idea. That's huge. And that is like a big part of what Stan Lee had to uh, contribute, no question, right? Um, But one thing I wanted to call out is this particular version of Spider-Man, you know, the original Spider-Man, created by Lee and Ditko, uh, this particular version is my favorite version because of, yes, Stan Lee's characterization, like the relatability of this character, of course, yeah. We, we've been there. We've gone through high school. We've been bullied. All these things, right? Um, but the design elements shouldn't be ignored. You know, what Ditko brought to the table was very significant, you know, like with this character we saw a new superhero the reasons we just mentioned um but the look of this the the look of this hero was totally new too Mm -hmm. he wasn't a huge muscular guy like a superman right um he was thin 
and he was kind of creepy looking. You know, he, he kind was, of looked like a spider, right? <laughs> he was awkwardly, yeah, thin, creepy, like you just said. It is a different, a whole different idea, and I love that. You know, and it's not just Spider Man, but Peter Parker too. So the look of Spider Man was this thin, kind of creepy looking superhero, which you didn't really know what to make of him. You know, his public image wasn't great due to the Daily Bugle and everything. So it's just sort of like this weird feeling of like, what is this exactly? That's Spider-Man. With Peter Parker, yeah, like we've been saying, he's this kind of awkward, anxious, really shy teenager. And Ditko's drawings really reflected that. Like he wasn't handsome. He was awkward looking. He had big glasses and he, you know, had trouble getting dates and stuff you know um that is uh, something i love you know not only again with the characterization but the character design too like the, the words and the image all came the words and the images all came together to bring this completely new unique and awesome superhero to the world you know uh so that's great one last thing i want to say too <laughs> I, mean, I mean you know this is this is big for both of us when we heard Ditko dying, right? This is pretty significant. It's yeah, it's very should be just as big as like if Stanley were to have passed away, like mm -hmm. it's just a big thing for any comic reader. Absolutely, you know. Um, and before I get to that last point, we've had some celebrity deaths recently. You know, notably Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade, right? And when they passed away. Now, they were sort of, uh, um, the, the, the stories were heightened because they were suicides. Uh, so I think more people knew about it because of that. But a lot of people were talking about it, you know, both of these deaths. And um, to me, there's no question they were significant, but they didn't mean that much to me. <laughs> Certainly not as much as Steve Dipko dying, right? Uh -huh. uh, so when he passed... Uh, not a lot of people were saying a lot, you know, a few people, I, I saw you posted on Facebook, I posted on Facebook and mm -hmm. handful of other, others, um, but this was not the huge news it was uh, to me as it was in the public consciousness, right? Uh, like I was saying, like a lot of people don't know who this guy is, so that um, like I said, more people know about like Stanley or someone else, but not enough credit is given to this guy. But yeah. when I found out about um, Steve Ditko's passing, I was in the movie theater actually waiting for oh. Ant-Man to watch Ant-Man. Wow, yeah. And I swear, like everybody took out their phones and was like, "Oh shit!" Like, uh -huh. so people in the theater were talking about. That's him. cool. Uh huh. Well, then again, I did attend the midnight premiere. People are like, you have the more nerd. Guys, yeah, to the main premiere than that's the casual cool. viewing, but yeah, it was cool. Like, people were actually talking about it in the movie theater, like taking out the phones, reading the news, like what was going on, and everything. So, and this was still before the movie started, so it yeah, was like yeah. it's not like we were, it was not like people took out the phone during the movie, so. <laughs> right? Right, it was appropriate, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's cool. I like to hear that because, um, to me, I felt like, am I the only one who gives a shit about this? <laughs> this is huge, man, this is like monumental. So I like to hear that. And also, you know, just because it's a superhero movie-loving crowd doesn't necessarily mean they're going to know who Steve Ditko yeah, is, right? Yeah. So I'm glad to hear that it was still a big deal in the screening mm -hmm. uh, you were in. Cool. So my last point is 
Um, and I don't want to throw shade at Stan Lee. You know, his contributions to comics are like immeasurable, no question. Um, but I will say this. I think I have stated this before. But with Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man comics written by Stan Lee and drawn by Steve Ditko, I feel are fantastic. I love them. I can read them to this day. But I will say this. The writing of those comics with each passing year does get dated a little bit more. I mean, look, Stanley wrote these comics in the 60s. Um, he wrote them for that audience. Of course, it's going to be dated. Um, it's timeless in that, you know, there will never be um, that magic again. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's be honest, just reading it, it, it just it gets a little bit more dated. It's dated and just very heavy. Like yeah. you read a lot of modern comics, and it's mainly about illustration or like simple, straight to the point. Stan Lee would like fluff it up a lot. Yeah, I mean there was a lot of words, <laughs> and like I said, it it was just a little dated. On the flip side, Steve Ditko's illustrations to me, as each year passes, gets cooler and cooler. His shit gets better over time, you know. Mm. Um, so you know, I just can't say enough about Steve Ditko and what he brought to the world i mean he he gave us this amazing gift Uh, again not only spider-man but with all his comics contributions yeah his vision is just unparalleled like you look at tom holland spider-man in marvel and it's the one that steve ditko envisioned you know you know that scene where he's like he's jumping away from the tower and then like he has his wings yes like that's that, right that's something steve did go originally did that is a great point that is a great point i think the tom holland version of spider-man does stray from that original spidey quite a bit uh-huh. but there are some callbacks and the the webbing under the armpits that's mm-hmm. straight out of yeah. steve ditko uh-huh. totally yeah i'm glad you mentioned that cool okay so yeah r.i.p steve ditko and even though He's gone. He will not be forgotten. Oh, and no. um, his contributions uh, will live on forever. Yeah. Okay, so let's get on uh, to Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so here we go. Uh, this just came out this past weekend. And we both saw it in the theaters. Um, yeah, let's talk about it. What's your, uh, what's your initial take? On this movie, well, for me, you already know I'm a big Ant Man fan, so yes, this one I was just just as excited for, and I really, really loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I was crying my eyes out, which I I was telling Henry this that this is the funniest Marvel movie that I've seen since I think Guardians of the Galaxy one. Mm. Crying your eyes out with yeah, laughter. You're with laughter. Okay, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was dying. Like if we had our list out, Henry, I would put it at number seven i think i just looked at it number oh well seven. you just you've already ranked it yeah okay actually i have too but that's <laughs> funny you did uh, okay. like i put it higher than the original ant-man um but like it replaces it like just one step ahead of the original ant-man oh wow interesting i too did enjoy this more than the original ant-man but as you know i wasn't a big fan of that movie and i wasn't particularly a big fan of this one either um, I'm not here to shit on Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> I know you liked it a lot. I know you like this series a lot. Uh-huh. Um, 
but I don't know. There's just something about this particular film series that I'm just not into it that much, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Why don't we we just why don't we just keep the conversation going? Uh-huh. Again, I don't want to I don't want to put a damper on on the Ant Man parade here. Uh, but yeah, I have to be honest. I didn't really get into this one. There were some aspects of it that I did enjoy, but just overall, I couldn't really get into it. I, I couldn't. Uh, I didn't really care about the main storyline that mm-hmm. much. Oh, and just a disclaimer. Uh, we're gonna start this recap with no spoilers. No spoilers. And then we'll get into spoiler uh-huh. territory. All right. We'll give the heads up. Yeah, we will give the heads up when we uh-huh. do that. Um, but yeah, let's just talk about things we liked and things we didn't like. What are uh-huh. some things you well enjoyed? right a- right away for me? Um, you know, when this movie was coming out, I always thought of it as like Ant Man two. I yeah. never kind of thought of it like as Ant Man and the Wasp. I just yeah. always thought it as Ant Man two. And but for throughout the movie, I could see why it's titled Ant Man and the Wasp. Like the mm-hmm. Wasp is not his sidekick or anything. Like it's his part. It's his partner. Yeah, and she definitely had a big role in yeah, the movie. That's true. And it's cool that you could see like she can hold her own. Like, um, you know, you could see like in the trailers, like she's busting out all these moves, fighting the bad guys. She's getting. <laughs> she got major improvements to her suit compared to Scott Lang. Yeah. And so, for me, it's really cool that Marvel's kind of taken its kind of first step and and diversity and stuff from like male leads Mm -hmm. to kind of giving like a female the spotlight you know black widow's always kind of been like that sideline and captain marvel we're not going to get a full woman solo movie until next year so for kind of for wasp to share the spotlight with ant-man it's a big step not entirely what we're going for but it's still big compared to when it first started marvel universe yeah yeah uh, that's a good point and definitely a reason I was looking forward to this movie because, you know, just from the title alone, you get the sense, oh, like Wasp is going to be pretty significant mm-hmm. in this movie. And she cer- certainly was. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was cool to see Evangeline Lilly play a much more pivotal role in this movie compared to the first Ant-Man movie, yeah. right? Yeah, you got to see her um do a lot of fighting and there were some pretty cool fight scenes yeah i wanted to call out one of the villains in the movie uh the character ghost Mm -hmm. i thought she was really cool she was awesome (laughs) yeah um and arguably the best stuff in the movie was the fights between wasp and ghost Mm -hmm. right that was pretty cool i have to admit you know like there was this pretty cool thing where you got to see phasing ability versus shrinking ability, you know, (laughs) pretty tricky to pull off, you know, even in comics, it's hard to visualize that. And in a movie, I would imagine even more difficult, right? Um, But they kind of pulled that off. You kind of got the sense of, oh, like, here's how a person who can phase fight a person who can shrink yeah. <laughs> right yeah. uh so that was yeah, that was pretty cool i gotta admit yeah ghost i really loved her character like i know she was the villain and she um but 
I loved her outfit. I loved her powers, the phasing and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Her motive behind why she was a villain made sense. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I guess, like, care so much about it, but it made sense. But by the end of the Mm -hmm. film, I really would have, like, wanted to see more screen time of her or something. Yeah, yeah. She was definitely one of the highlights for me as well. And, um, yeah, you know, there were a number of newcomers to this film series. She was one of them. Uh, The actress's name is Hannah John Kamen. Uh, but other newcomers to the series, Lawrence Fishburne, mm-hmm. he's in it. Uh, Randall Park is in it. He's really funny. Uh, they were great. And Michelle Pfeiffer was in it, Michelle too. Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah. Although she was <laughs> kind of in the first Ant-Man, right? Well, she, her character was. She wasn't. Okay, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, the original Wasp was in Ant-Man 1, but we never saw Michelle Pfeiffer, mm, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so she is essentially a newcomer. And yeah, all of these actors i thought they were kind of a welcome addition yeah park pfeiffer fishburn uh john came in uh so those i liked you know i, I like to see uh, some some new blood here yeah and uh yeah 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 did you know uh ghosts in the comics is actually like a white male right character? right right yeah and then they had to change it up which i read was it made more they changed it up not only to like you know diversify the cast Mm -hmm. and the characters but also it made sense towards the storyline to have like that um father-daughter relationship which made like the storyline more impactful Mm -hmm. because that was a that was a very recurring theme throughout the the movie you had like um hope and hank pym scott lang and his daughter right right and then there was the villains who even had that father-daughter relationship yeah there's a lot of like family dynamics going Uh on right yeah 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 okay um so yeah any other stuff you want to mention in terms of things you liked in the movie i I love the comedy it was um luis was a gem oh yeah yeah michael pena yeah he uh, again he was great and uh i mean he's pretty much always good when he's in a movie yeah he was funny um, but for me, the, the the jokes really struck gold. Like, it wasn't, like, just filler or anything. Like, it made sense towards the storyline. Like, when Ghost was first appeared, um, the characters were, like, all f- scared about her and everything. Um, and then there was always those common jokes about um, Ant-Man's size and everything. Oh, right, yeah. So I was laughing throughout all of it pretty much. Okay. Yeah, it was more hit or miss for me. Uh-huh. I will say Michael Pena was very funny. And if you liked him in the first Ant-Man, yeah, you, you would like him again in this one because he, he, he nails it I once really again. Love, uh, I really love how his character did those, like, um, when he talks and he, like, exaggerates. And, you know... There's, like, a flashback and yeah. you see what's going on in his mind uh-huh, and all and that they, and then they talk and he's just like yo, yo what's up like <laughs> yeah oh my gosh those are funny like i would seriously like pay marvel if they like did something like that for him to like narrate infinity wars oh, right oh that would be a cool promotion where he uh he kind of like recaps yeah like <laughs> uh like the mcu history uh-huh. and all that uh-huh. yeah, yeah that would be pretty cool <laughs> okay uh, there were a couple other cool things I wanted to mention, although they're kind of more spoilery stuff, so maybe we'll save that for a little later. Uh-huh. 
Um, so why don't we get into some of the things we didn't like as much. Um, was there anything you didn't like about this movie? I'll have, to think, of, I'll have to think about that, but you go first. Okay. Okay, so for me, you know, this kind of goes back to the first Ant-Man. I never really got the whole Scott and Hope thing. Like, I don't really see much chemistry between these two characters. So when they, like, kiss, there's a moment where they kiss in the movie, right? It just felt like, oh, like, felt out of place. You know, I don't know. That, that you know, maybe it's to the fault of the actors to a degree uh, because I, I don't really see that connection, you know? It, it just seems awkward to me. And that's pretty crucial. That, that's a big part of what should make the movie work, this partnership where it's like they're fighting partners, but there's also like, I don't know, supposedly some sexual tension and this sort of thing, but I wasn't feeling it. You know, I I didn't, I didn't really see that. Mm -hmm. So that, that was a bit of a problem for me. Um, Yeah. I think I mentioned earlier, like the main storyline, I didn't really care about that much. Like I will say this, you know, when we get to like the family dynamics, that's something everyone can, can kind of relate to. And that kind of worked for me. I mentioned I liked Michelle Pfeiffer in the movie and that whole like trying to get reunited with her daughter and her husband again after like, you know, what was like decades, mm-hmm. right? Um, that, that, you know, that was pretty powerful. You know, for for her to want her see to, to see her loved ones again, mm-hmm. um, but you know, like again, it. it I mean, look, uh, Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, Evangeline Lilly, they're certainly good actors, but I don't know that they they didn't they didn't like capture my interest this time. Like I wasn't completely gripped by their storylines, uh, so. I hate to say it, but yeah, maybe the acting performances weren't such that like I was drawn in. And I know it's kind of a light movie. It's it's more of a comedy than anything. And maybe I'm more used to seeing like a little bit more heart and depth. You know, you talked <laughs> about the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Um, those were really funny, but they also were rooted in like deep emotional stuff. Yeah. You know? Um, and I feel like there's depth there. And with the Ant-Man movies, it's a little more surface level and it's more of a popcorn kind of movie. So yeah, it's hard for me to like really dive into this one. No, yeah, I definitely agree with you on there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not supposed to be like a deep thought provoking movie. Um, but you know, maybe there's an aspect of these movies. I mean, we're talking... The Marvel Cinematic Universe universe here. I mean, there's a high standard now, right? Um, maybe there's part of me that's kind of expecting a little bit more. You know, maybe that's part of it. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think everything what you said is definitely true. And I guess, like, for me, um, I don't know if it's, like, ignorant bliss or whatever, but... <laughs> Um, you know, I was just kind of like so excited to see Ant-Man that I kind of like ignored all these issues. <laughs> I think that's why I yeah. was able to enjoy it. Um, you know, but thinking back, I could say like the storyline is kind of flat. There is not that much character depth. I was just mm-hmm. more taken away with like the action scenes and the comedy behind it. Okay. Hey, look, maybe Perfurio, you're just the more of a 
a glass half full kind of guy. I'm, I'm more of a glass half empty kind of guy. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of that. Oh, there's one other thing I wanted to call out. So I would say Ghost is a primary villain maybe not the sole primary villain mm-hmm. because um the actor walton goggins plays a villain as well now i wanted to call this out because i had a big problem with him and his group because they were like a separate villain group from ghost and um they never proved to be much of any kind of threat mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like they didn't work for me. Like I mentioned when Ghost and Wasp battled, it was cool because they were kind of like equals. Mm-hmm. You know, it was this cool like phasing ability or this shrinking ability and they were kind of at a standstill, right? Um, but when Ant-Man and Wasp took on these, uh, these hoodlums, you know, <laughs> I mean, they didn't have powers. I mean, they, they were no match. There was to, no contest. Yeah, no contest to Ant-Man and Wasp. And there was a pretty cool chase scene in the streets of San Francisco. Definitely one of maybe the sole like um, uh, action set piece of the movie, right? Pretty cool visually, no question. But the chase essentially involved uh, Walton Goggins' crew and like I said, they posed no threat. So while it was cool to watch, I never felt like much of any kind of danger. You know, when Wasp and Ant-Man were fighting these guys, I'm like, they got this. (laughs) These guys aren't any match. So there was that uh, narrative tension that I mentioned a lot lacking here. Uh, So yeah, I ask a lot of my Marvel villains because they have to be formidable. They have to be relatable. Um, and that just that was kind of missing with this particular group. Uh, you know, thankfully the ghost character uh, brought a lot to the table in this regard and made up for some of that. Um, but that group, eh, it, it just didn't really work for me. Yeah, and that that scene could have been really cool where they're where they're going through uh, the streets of San Francisco, this car chase, which may have been a bit of an homage to um, the movie Bullet where there's a car chase in San Francisco. Um, that could that scene could have been like awesome if there were some more stakes to it. You know, as it was, it was just kind of nice to look at. That's mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Okay. You want to get into spoilers now? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I've been like holding my tongue. This okay. So spoiler alert. Let's get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, spoiler stuff. You said you were uh, anxious to get into some spoiler stuff. Uh, what you got? Well, could we start with that end credit scene? Sure, let's oh do it. Oh my gosh, that was <laughs> that's some trippy stuff. Um, so you're talking about the the first the first one. scene at the end, right? Yes. The mid credit scene, uh-huh. right? Yeah, that yeah. was huge. That, that was, was huge. That was crazy. Yeah. Um, I I mean everybody knew it was gonna happen. Everyone expected it, but I guess every, with the question everyone thought was like, how is it gonna play into Ant Man too? Like who's gonna disappear and everything? I was kind of yeah. shocked that Wasp disappeared. Like that she would help out like the Avengers in the next movie or something. <laughs> yeah, hard to say. Um, so yeah, you mentioned that 
it was kind of expected. I've talked to other people who who have said this too, but to me it was kind of a surprise because I was just kind of caught up in in the movie, and when the re- the credits started to roll, I was like, I wasn't even thinking Infinity War. That was kind of already uh-huh. out of my mind. So when that happened, it hit me pretty hard. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this shit just got real, man. Um, and yeah, so yeah, um, let's just talk talk uh, through that a bit. Basically, it's Ant-Man in the quantum realm mm-hmm. by himself. And he's just on a mission to try to to, to get stuff to help Ghost out, right? Um, and seemingly like a pretty safe mission, mm-hmm. right? Um, and Hank Pym, Janet Van Dyne, and Wasp are in the real world kind of manning the controls, yeah. like looking after him, right? Um, but then a really eerie moment happens where like the communication cuts off mm-hmm. and Ant-Man is trying to talk to them and he's not getting any response. Yeah. And then I feel like there was like a sound cue that was used from Infinity War because once I heard this sound, instantly I was like, oh shit that's not a good thing. Like I, I just heard this sound. I'm like, Oh fuck. Like <laughs> we're in trouble now. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, we see what's going on in the real world. And Hank, Janet and hope have all turned to ash. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so yeah, pretty shocking moment. Mm-hmm. So you thought that wasp would not turn to ash. Yeah. Like I knew probably Hank Pym and Michelle Pfeiffer's character were going to, but not wasp. Cause I was like, I was thinking she just got introduced into this into the MCU. Like, let her have her moment and continue on helping out the Avengers. So I was kind of shocked and disappointed that she vanished. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that because it seems like the newer characters are actually the ones disappearing, mm-hmm. right? Spider-Man, Black Panther... Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, yeah. And the older characters, like the original Ant-Man and Wasp and Captain America and Iron Man and Thor, they're the ones who are not disappearing, right? But the original Ant-Man and Wasp also disappeared. You're right. So, <laughs> yeah, I retract that statement. Good observation. They did disappear, right? Um, so what the hell does it mean? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have a theory. I have two theories. Okay. Um, you go first. Well, you have two? Well, okay, I'll go first. Um, so, because this theory I had going into <laughs> Ant-Man and Wasp, and it still holds. So, uh, I'm, f- I'm feeling pretty good about this theory. But anyhow, my theory is that, you know, I talked about this in our Infinity War recap, but my feeling is that the people who turn to Ash aren't really dead. Oh, yeah. They're... Yeah you know, in a different timeline, in a different dimension, whatever you want to call it. I think most people are in agreement, you know, on that to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. So these two timelines and um, it's like, oh shit, like, like they're sort of like uh, lost at sea from each other, Yeah. right? You know, that scene when... Peter Parker starts to fade away and he's scared and like Iron Man is like holding him in his arms. It's very touching because you do get the sense that, okay, maybe he's not dying, but maybe it's the last time they'll ever see each other again, Mm -hmm. right? Very touching, certainly. 
So there is that sense. They're not dead, but they're in different dimensions, perhaps never to see each other again. Unless there's a way to travel or communicate between these timelines. Hmm, how do you do that? Well, I think it's the quantum realm. Yeah. That's what I think. And um, this mid credit scene kind of like establishes that. You know, we see more characters fading away, but there is a character in the quantum realm, Ant-Man. So I feel like there has to be some sort of connection between these two timelines in the next Avengers movie. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the quantum realm is that connection. So that's my theory. What about you? Okay, so one of my theories plays off to what you said about like how there's two dimensions yeah. You know, there's like that MCU and then there's probably like I'm guessing the ultimate universe like in okay. the comics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um and definitely um the quantum realms d- I feel like is going to play a major role in the next Avengers movie about go- about connecting the two dimensions. But then like if I read this that like um if you listen to what Michelle Pfeiffer says, she told Ant-Man, "Oh, don't go don't stray too far into the quantum realm because then you enter the something like the time zone or something okay and i felt like that was like foreshadowing like oh ant-man might go into this realm where Mm -hmm. he wasn't supposed to then either like go back in time to warn him or enter that time zone to enter the other dimension where (laughs) everyone else disappeared which will continue with the character Mm -hmm. that's one theory and then the other theory i have was um the actress who plays ghost she was in an interview and they asked her like whether or not we'll see her in her character in future films and she didn't give too much away but she just said like oh maybe or maybe not she might be in avengers 4 and so i'm thinking like oh well you know with her um connection to the quantum realm she might um save ant-man and then they travel into that other dimension or something like that Mm, okay Interesting. Uh-huh. Okay, so that's similar to, 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 what, to what I was saying. Yeah. Okay, but gotcha. Basically, the quantum realm is the v- core to right. our theories. That is key to the next Avengers movie, yeah. right? I, I don't think there's any question that it will play some part, very possibly a significant part. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So did you say you had another theory? No, too? that's just Oh, that's it. Two. Okay, <laughs> got it. All right. Uh, so, oh, yeah. So, uh, more spoilery stuff. Um, And, you know, for someone that didn't like the movie a lot, myself, there were a lot of things I liked. And here's some more. Um, So, we talked about Stan Lee earlier. And I've talked about this before, how I'm kind of done with Stan Lee cameos. I'm like, (laughs) okay, that's sort of enough already. But look, he's a really old guy and... I think they're just going to keep doing them until he eventually does pass away. Um, And look, I I get that. So it's sort of a necessary evil at this point that we're going to see these Stan Lee cameos. Mm -hmm. And we can just hope that that they are funny and they don't like take away from the storylines too much. I will say this. This movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp, has perhaps the best Stan Lee cameo <laughs> of any Stan Lee cameo. And again, I'm saying I'm I'm not a fan of these so much, but if we're going to have them, let's have them like this. It was super <laughs> funny, man. So there's a scene where he's like, he's about to put his key into his car door 
and it's during the, this big car chase, right, yeah. in San Francisco, and his car gets shrunk, and like he he's like he's kind of confused, right, and then he goes, "Man, the '60s were fun, but boy, am I paying the price now." <laughs> It's hilarious. It's it's super spot on. It's spot on. It's so San Francisco. It's very San Francisco. <laughs> it, it's almost like too real because, you know, we talked about this a little bit with Silicon Valley Comic Con and Stan Lee is he's getting a little bit senile, I think. And um, like the Stan Lee we see in Ant-Man 2, I mean, that's that's Stan Lee now. He's just really old and yeah. and he's kind of not all there, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was just perfection. It was great. Um, other stuff. So, oh yeah, the, uh, the Infinity War like, crossover stuff. We did talk uh, quite a bit about that. Mm-hmm. But just the first mid-credits scene, right? There was a post-credits scene as well, right? It's very short. And all it is is like a, a giant ant playing the drums, right? Kind of a funny moment. Um, and yet it still crosses over with Infinity War a bit because, you know, on the TV, it has like that emergency broadcast system oh, yeah. going. Mm-hmm. Um, so it tells us that, oh, this is happening post, like... Uh, the snap. The, the snap. The <laughs> snapping, right? So, um, yeah, I liked how they tied it in because um, maybe I was just kind of ignorant, but I was not really expecting, like, a crossover, right? Um, I figured, okay, this movie will take place before the events of Infinity War, and I'll just be kind of a separate thing. And I thought it was super cool at the end with the mid-credit scene and the post-credit scene where they kind of tied it in, and um, you know kept this uh, kept this epic storyline alive. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's funny because um, the I forgot who confirmed it. I don't remember if it was the Russo brothers or Kevin, the mm-hmm. Marvel CEO. Yeah. Um, but one of them, they were asked a question like whether or not the animals were affected from the snap. And yeah, they were like confirmed. They're like, yeah, the animals even they disappeared. Oh, okay. So I'm like, oh, so that's a, like when I um, saw that scene, I was thinking like, oh, is this ant gonna disappear or something? <laughs> well, according to what you heard, potentially he could have. Yeah. But he didn't. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. So, um, what else can we say? I've read. There's like. You know, there's a lot of speculation to what's going to happen to after post Avengers four, and mm-hmm. everyone's a lot of people are saying like Ant Man two sets up the framework for a lot of possibilities to what, how Marvel can, um, what direction they want to take. Like yeah. one take is like what's her name, um, Cassie. You know, in the comics, mm-hmm. she has superpowers just like her dad. Ah, and so they're thinking like, oh, she could like set up her own team and bring in the young avengers like in the comics okay and she does express interest in being a superhero in this movie Uh right yeah and then there's also like um ghost like i said she had that interview whether or not we're going to see future appearances with her yeah and people are speculating that oh maybe they'll make like a thunderbolts 
this movie oh, with okay. her and past villains. Okay, interesting. So there's just a lot of like speculation to what's going to happen after Avengers 4. A lot of directions, <laughs> a lot of comic storylines that are yet to be unrevealed. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was thinking of our our theories, and it's kind of crazy because with the MCU now, pretty much anything is possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you throw in the quantum realm and the time stone, like basically anything's possible. Anything. If you can travel to different dimensions and travel through time, I mean, pretty much everything's on the board, right? Uh, so that's what makes it kind of fun, right? With these theories, uh, at this point, no one's really right or wrong because there are so many crazy possibilities that really anything can happen, you know? So, yeah, you know, I, I think I was pretty good about not trashing the Ant-Man series too much, <laughs> but I will say this. I, I did want to say this. I just thought of a couple things, like, in, ter- in terms of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole, um, who is Ant-Man in this universe? Well, to me, to me, it, it was kind of summed up in Civil War. Remember when they're in the prison, the raft? Yeah. And um, Tony's kind of checking out uh, the, the prison cells and, like, talking to some of the pr- prisoners and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ant-Man actually makes a comment to Stark, right? He mm-hmm. goes, my dad said, never trust a Stark, right? It was just kind of interesting because there's some history there, yeah. right? But this summed it up to me. Tony goes... Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> I love that because it's it's funny. It's RDJ being RDJ. But um, to me, like Ant-Man is, he's a side character. Like he doesn't have much bearing in this universe. He's there for laughs. I've never been a huge fan of him, even in the comics. And he's just, he's just like the court jester. I don't know. Like I don't really get a whole lot out of him or this particular film series. And the other thing I wanted to cite, in addition to that scene from Civil War, I wanted to talk about Infinity War. He wasn't in Infinity War. So Ant-Man and Hawkeye were not in Infinity War at all. So what does that tell you? They're not significant. Okay? And, like, I feel like, you know, that's the, the core of the MCU. You know, it's a little bit more serious like the stakes are a little higher than these kind of lesser characters Uh i'll just leave it at that do you have a response to that for um (laughs) it's hard to come up with a response (laughs) to that (laughs) um no i definitely agree with you everything you're saying is on point um but you know ant-man is there for the laughs like you know when he first got introduced into the MCU and you try to explain to people who Ant-Man is, whose powers are, they're like, they laugh and they're like, how is he even the same like playing field as like Iron Man or Captain America? And it's like, it's hard to validate that. It's like, oh, well, he could kick their ass, you know, (laughs) if he, if he tried, but I mean, like you said, he's just there for laughs. Yeah. And, you know, I will say this, there is room for that. That's kind of what makes the MCU so great. There's a lot of diverse storytelling, you know? There should be 
like a straight up comedy movie in this franchise. You know, for every Winter Soldier, there should be a comedy like Thor Ragnarok or Guardians of the Galaxy, you know? Um, and they should be different, you know? Like, just those two movies. There were funny movies, Guardians 1 and Thor Ragnarok, but at the same time, they're very different. Like, um, I got very emotional watching Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. 1 and 2. Watching Thor Ragnarok, not so much. <laughs> and it wasn't meant to tug at the heartstrings, right? Thor Ragnarok was really just like a straight-up comedy. You yeah, know? it was. Um, Definitely a total direction since from when it first started. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because that movie was more of a straight-up comedy than either Ant-Man movie, which is crazy, but I think it's true, you know? Um, in both Ant-Man movies, I feel like there was more drama than Thor Ragnarok, right? Yeah. And um, that's what I'm saying. Like, I welcome it all. Like, I, it should be that way. Like, we look at what's going on with the Star Wars movies. They're kind of like the same movie over and over. But Marvel keeps mixing it up. And just because this movie didn't work that well for me, I still welcome it. I'm like, yeah, bring it. Like, don't try to remake Avengers over and over and over. Like, try different stuff. Try to make an action comedy. Try to make an action comedy with heart. Make an action comedy without heart. Um, Do, like, a spy thriller, like Winter Soldier. Do, like, something completely off the wall, like Thor Ragnarok. You know, like, I love it, you know? Keep doing it. You know, something different. Absolutely. Absolutely. So cool. Any uh, last thoughts? Should we do our uh, our ranking? Wait, hang on. Okay, go ahead. I finally thought of something I didn't like in the movie. Okay, go ahead. Okay, you know. Okay, so since it takes place right here in our own San Francisco. Yeah. um, What annoyed me was kind of like the geography inaccuracy. Like, they were like in Fisherman's Wharf one minute and like there's like a whole the car scenes going on and i could tell where like because i spent a lot of time in north beach i'm like okay okay, i know where these streets are yeah how did they go from here to here so fast like from north beach like fisherman's (laughs) wharf like i don't know that was just upsetting for me just yeah (laughs) for me watching i was just like uh that was a small detail though oh that's a very good observation because i didn't pay that close attention to the geography but it did seem like they were jumping around from like lombard street to like financial district to fisherman's wharf like all over the place right Uh yeah a little bit inconsistent so that's uh, the only complaint okay (laughs) that's that's interesting because uh for me as an east bay resident uh i did notice that they were kind of good about when they showed the bay bridge it was actually that that was pretty well done, I think, because there was like a brief moment where they were in Oakland and a brief moment where they were in Berkeley. And for both times, they show the Bay Bridge mm-hmm. sort of implying like, oh, yeah, we're crossing the bridge now. So that, I think, rung true. Um, I like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the San Francisco specific stuff, it was like, yeah, kind of a plot hole there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, and then one thing we didn't really touch upon was um, the character Goliath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lawrence uh, Fishburne. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't know him, he's basically like Ant-Man. Just he can grow in size mm-hmm. and everything. Like yeah. he, he's the one character. The the one thing I always remember him from was in the St- Civil War storyline. Oh, he's yeah. He's the one the Thor clone killed. That's right. I uh, remember that. 
yeah that was a very significant moment in that story yeah yeah i do remember that so that's the only thing i remember him from yeah i do like this old guard idea like um you know the original ant-man the original wasp and goliath Mm -hmm. you know that might be an interesting thing to see in the future maybe like a flashback of like them in action back in the day or something like that and we've seen a little bit of that um but um that's kind of a cool idea like that was one of the parts i liked in the first ant-man where michael douglas sort of talks about like the legacy of ant-man he's sort of passing the torch to scott lang kind of like that you know um it, it gives a nice framework of like who ant-man was and who ant-man is going to be yeah right that's kind of cool because um with all the other mcu characters it's mainly like oh the latest version of these characters Mm -hmm. right um but there's not like this whole legacy thing which i think is gonna start to become a thing right there might be like a new captain america or a new iron man or something right uh so yeah that'll be interesting interesting to see like where that goes um but you know just with where we are so far i do like this whole idea of like a superhero legacy Mm -hmm. it's kind of cool to me Uh one last question i have for you henry sure would you want to see ant-man 3 well like i have said i'm not the biggest (laughs) fan of this series but i i think i've said this before but uh whatever marvel studios puts out i will be first in line (laughs) Uh, they got me man like i am totally in i'm totally in every movie i've been this way for a while like whatever they put out i will watch um i think i was maybe teetering a little bit there there was that one year where iron man 3 and thor 2 came out i was like Oh yeah. man, like do I have to watch every single one of these now? But now it's like I don't care. I, I will just watch them. Like I will I will pay money and go to see it in the theaters and like I'm in. So Ant-Man 3, hell yeah. I'm, I will I will go see it, you know? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Okay. Um so normally we do rankings and and ratings. Yeah. Do you want to do that here? Oh yeah, let's yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, let's uh-huh. keep keep the tradition going. Uh-huh. What is your rating for ant-man and the wasp um without a doubt grade wise i give it an a um number wise if, if we did out of 10 i would probably give it a nine. Oh wow I, there's okay. like like a, like even you heard me i it was hard to find an imperfection for a flaw for, for yeah. the movie i really loved it i would watch it again man and for me that's saying a lot because comedy movies i could like watch them once or twice and then i'm over it this one i could watch it over and over i think wow okay so you gave it a a letter grade a number grade and a rank in your yeah your mcu list (laughs) damn did you uh write a review for this one not yet okay going to today but i got lazy but i will oh you will definitely will because you you have written a review for every mcu movie so far except this one right except this one infinity war oh okay i didn't want one, i didn't write one for infinity war because i didn't want to like spoil anything for people who hadn't seen it okay but i think it's safe to write one again <laughs> okay gotcha oh right so y- your reviews are mainly like for that marathon we were yeah. doing right uh-huh. okay but i definitely would want to do it for ant-man the wasp okay infinity war okay 
So again, I don't want to rain on the Ant-Man parade here. And, and keep in mind, I do skew lower <laughs> on my ratings, but I'm giving this one a five, which isn't great, uh, but it's certainly not the worst rating I have the worst one. <laughs> for uh, my Marvel <laughs> movies. Um, but yeah, it's definitely skewing lower. It's like bottom five for me in terms of uh, Marvel Studios movies. So we can leave it at that. And again, I, I do want to say that there is a place for a movie like this. Um, there are things I feel like could have done better. But yeah, I don't want to like shit on this movie because I don't want to be like, oh, MCU should not contain movies like this. It's too light. It's too fluffy. Get it out. No, I want that. I want the diversity. Let's bring as many different kind of movies to this universe as possible. And, um, you know, you know, keep keep pushing the envelope. I'm totally I'm totally for that. I will also say that, you know, with uh, with movies like this, like keep them different too, because even the comedy movies in this universe, we talked about this before, but like with Guardians, with Thor Ragnarok, Spider-Man Homecoming was very Mm -hmm. comedic also, and the Ant-Man movies, like those all can be considered comedies, and yet they're all kind of different and distinct, right? So that's cool, that's cool, absolutely. Oh yeah, I I can, now I can think of the very last thing I wanted to mention, and that's the expectation. Like, I didn't have a huge expectation for this one, and anytime, like, I don't have a huge expectation, and and it, like, I didn't really love it, like, that's not super disappointing to me. Like, it's when I have a big expectation and I'm totally disappointed, that's when I will kind of go off on a movie. So (laughs) that's not the case here. So, again, I don't want to trash this one too much. And I'm glad you enjoyed it immensely (laughs) uh, because that's what's important, I think. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Any last uh, thoughts, Perfurio? No, I think I'm good. All right. So, you know what's kind of sad is we're not going to have another mcu movie for a long time we have aquaman coming out yeah i'm talking mcu though i mean the next mcu movie is captain marvel and that's not till next year well we're not having an mcu movie but we're having another marvel movie coming out later this year yeah yeah we got venom we got venom <laughs> and maybe more importantly oh no scratch that definitely more importantly than either of those two movies into the spider-verse oh, yeah, is coming out uh, at the end of the movie at the end of the year so um yeah, fear not. There is plenty of superhero movie stuff coming out soon. Yeah. So uh, we have all that to look forward to. <laughs> cool. And with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry and Perfirio. Thank you.